0: Hey guys, and welcome back to another series of the boring shit you need to know in business. I'm Amy Bajada, and I'm excited because this series there's going to be more topics, more conversation, and some amazing business owners to share this time with. So let's jump in. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of sitting down to talk with Renee Taylor from Mum Life Stickers, an online retail and merchandise store. However, Mum Life is more than just stickers and apparel, it's a community, a tribe that have connected through the passion of Renee to provide support to mums everywhere. Welcome Renee, it's been a long time coming but I'm extremely excited to have you join me today.
1: Yay, thank you for having me.
0: No problems,
1: I love
0: a great business story and yours is no exception. Tell me about your business journey so far.
1: Hey, so um, from a very young age I spent a lot of time um, my both my parents are both successful business people they have that hustle the drive and I guess that was always what I was taught so from a young age my mum put me in lots and lots of volunteer positions by the age of nine I was managing an op shop you know down in the country by the age of 12 I was working full-time as a like after school as a receptionist for a like a newspaper company taking all the adverts in and stuff like that so from a very young age I had that hustle kind of you know installed into me and then I went down the path of like ordering things in from you know China and drop shipping them so having a two-week turnaround and then making money so not even touching the items and hair extensions and all that kind of stuff and then I became a mum And I went down the track of business. So I'm qualified in business by 17. I did a business traineeship. I left school very early. I was working two jobs, two other jobs. I was kind of always working a lot. You know, I decided at 16 I was going to buy a house when I was 18. So, you know, I worked on on my 18th birthday. I got a pre-approval and brought my house three months later. Um, So I kind of have always had that drive within me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I kind of got really obsessed down the line of titles and making a lot of money so I kind of went down the track of accounting and I started doing studying full-time to be an accountant um, and working in a firm you know five six days a week so by that stage I had my first baby I was 18 and yeah and it was it wasn't until my body decided to actually like I had a, what their doctors call a nervous breakdown. Right. So my hands and my face, like I shook, like I couldn't write, I couldn't talk. And that's when I went from the title of accountant's assistant to realizing that, you know, my body just shut down on me. Yeah. So then I went down the path of finding meditation. Um, They wanted to hospitalise me and I just wanted to, you know, go to the beach with my dog. And I ended up starting to Google like meditation and stuff like that because I was always drawn to it. My mum would always have candles going when I was younger. I kind of, she'd take me to temples and stuff like different things. So I kind of knew that there was another world out there, but not religion, but there was something, some higher power there. And, yeah, anyway, so I went on this meditation retreat and I got my health better and then I realised that, you know, I just, I I stopped. I realised that I wanted the money Mm. and I wanted the, the abundance, the whole title and the look of things on the outside was so much more about validation. Yes. And what I needed inside to feel important. And then I, the hustle side of me came back and you know I was still working and stuff and then I ended up having to pay people to run my business like help me with my business while I was still working for other people but I was in this mind frame of oh if I go full-time I put all my energy into this company like you know I could do it but then at the same time I was still a single mom so I was like with a mortgage I was like oh you know working for other people would be that guarantee and is this still the drop shipping business no this was this was This yeah, this was Mum Life. Sorry. Um yeah. So this was Mum Life. So I had dabbled through different online businesses.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I decided mum, when I got mum life, I wanted a mum life sticker. So I got one made for myself Mm -hmm. and then everyone around me kind of wanted one. And then I just did what I did with my hustle and my marketing and, you know, all the online world that I had already been in for a long time with the drop shipping and the design addresses and the hair extensions. And I decided to make it a business.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that's the same premise that you play into from a drop shipping perspective. Anyway, isn't it you? You find what it is that's hot right now, and given that mum life was hashtag mum life was hot, and stickers were the way to go, (laughs) and you went through that path. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so I kind of just was like, all right, just kind of dabbled in it, and then obviously I was working still for three other people and doing it, and then it got to a point where my business was at a point where I needed to pay someone to work while I was working for someone else like it it just made no sense and then it got to a point where I was just like as I do I do things I don't do things in halves and I was like resigned I was at the ocean with my now husband and I was (laughs) like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it and I wrote up three different resignation letters and I sent all three of them off and I was like boom, gone. And I was like, let's, let's do this. And then, yeah. And then I think that's when mum life turned in from, you know, kind of a hobby business to a successful business because it had all of me in it. So
0: was that, was that trigger point volume, sheer volume, or was it, was there some sort of monetary value attached to, I'm now at a point from a, a financial perspective that it makes sense. And I agree with you when you, when you're going down the path of having someone having to pay someone to actually work in your business Mm. when you start to look at the fact that you're working for three other people what does that then translate
1: to as a business for you well yeah it was it wasn't like there wasn't there was no fine like there wasn't the financial there yet But it was about trusting. And I also had gone through like this big kind of identity thing where I got to a point where I stopped people pleasing me because like nothing I would do, I was never enough. And I got to this point where I was just like, you know what, I'm going to run my own rock show and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. I was in a bit of a rebellious like FU kind of stage at that point. So I was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to take this risk, and it scares the crap out of me. But I'm going to do it because if I put, like, it was more of trusting,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I knew that if I did something, get hundred percent, that it would be successful, and no matter what it was, as long as I gave it, like, I was focused. At, and at that point, I wasn't focused because I was too scared to jump in. Yeah. And you know, you just, you know, what the what ifs? What ifs? Like, what if I don't have enough money, and then I don't, can't pay this and that? So yeah. So it was, it was, it was scary, and it was. Something something that I had to do and be like, yep, let's do it. And yeah, so definitely there wasn't the financial security there. Like any retail, if you don't do the marketing, you don't do the work, yeah, you're not going to get the money. Like Neither it so. doesn't, you don't just pop up a shop and then some of the people are going to go buy your stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it, you have to put that consistency into it. And I also really wanted to have that time and space to create a community as well. And working for other people, I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to really give you know, mum life community what it deserved and what was so needed and is needed if I was working for other people. So if I was able to build a business that could financially support us, then I would be able to have energy for the things that do light me up because I always wanted to help people or I have even done some of my certificate in community services because I wanted to work as a social worker, but the money wasn't there.
0: And, the and money you were isn't driven by money and title at the time you're making those decisions. Yeah,
1: exactly. So it was like, I'm not going to go work for someone else nine to five and get paid, you know, $30 an hour, however much it was. It's just like, no, especially because my money mindset goes even further because I think, okay, well, how much are they charging me out there? You know, I'm always thinking of that. You know, my brain goes further on from that. And I guess that's always been like that.
0: Is um, that from, can I ask, we we talk a little bit about mindset, you and I, when we were going back and forth and discussing yeah. this particular episode. And I know your parents instilled in you this sense of drive and this sense of entrepreneurship and wanting to to do and just continue mm. to do. Did your money, I guess that money drive, come from that
1: as well? Good question. I kind of, I think it's the point of me that my brain kind of work in a different way. Sometimes it worked deeper. You know, it was early into my later years that, you know, a, a psychologist did some testing and said, oh, we think you might be high functioning autistic. Wow. And I think my brain always is, is thinking of different levels and levels and levels. And when I think of something, or if I'm involved in something, I'm thinking of the structure and the levels of it. So for me, when I know how hard I work and I know my work ethic, like I remember You know, I went into a company and I was the youngest, most inexperienced, but I knew my worth and I knew how hard I worked. You know, I wanted double, and I was paid more than people that had been there for ten years because I knew. um, And I went in with, I might work this, but I could I have the speed of this. I can get this done. I will make this much for you. You charge me out at one twenty. You pay me thirty five. I want it there. I want it done. I'm not qualified, but I will do the work. And I think. I think, yeah, I think it would have come from my parents from being so upfront and businesses and deals and stuff like that. Probably the, uh, the abruptness of my mother and the determination of my father almost between, like, my mum has that real abrupt front and then my father has that real hard work ethic. So in between that, that's kind of what I mirrored. Great but, combination. Yeah. Great but, combination. But this is just at the start. So obviously now I'm very different. Um, yeah. Now I'm a little bit woo woo in a way. Um, and, in what and, way? <laughs> oh, well, I, I still don't like, I don't do anything that doesn't have at least a hundred percent profit. Anything that I do, I won't like, I'd rather not mm-hmm. because like, I know the value of my energy more so than the money. It's the energy. It's my yeah. energy exchange. It has nothing to do with the currency. It is that, if I'm going to show up and I'm going to do the things, I, my energy, I I believe in the law of the attraction. I believe in the exchange of it. So now I've gone from like this hard ass business dealer, business money maker shaker to now being like, what feels aligned? What am I going to attract? What's the abundance going to come in? So now I'm living from a point of dropping all that off to now being like, okay, what feels good. Yeah. Um, And what's going to be the best thing for my family? You know, what's right for me? What excites me? What, you know, what do I want to do? What feels good? And then so now I've gone from like a complete 180 and gone to the other side of, you know, money and the abundance of it. And just knowing that for me, um, you know, some people believe it, some people don't, but I truly believe that currency is just an exchange. It's just an exchange for me showing up.
0: I think in instances like this that, you know, when you remove the title, when you remove the stigma attached to where money has to come from and the types Mm. of careers that drive money and you pour that into your drive, your energy, that passion to want to be in a particular space, the abundance and that money mindset is half the battle won because Mm. you're getting to a point where you're going to naturally be drawn to what it is that you're doing because there's that love, there's that compassion, there's that desire to be in that space, that that abundance, you're right, mm. it's it's complementary to the primary purpose, which is the mm. effort that you're actually putting in in
1: exchange for it. Mm, exactly. And that's, you know, and I was able to, with my Life stickers, I was able to create a community and connection and there's meets all over Australia. We're still finding our feet now back from COVID. But, but to be able to organise meets for, like, for example, we'll create a meet, say, at our local cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll create an event. So I'll actually use the, the leverage of the platform and the audience, the large audience that my Life has to then connect with their mums in those areas to then bring them together. And it's kind of like speed dating. No one knows each other. They just mm-hmm. go in every, every catch-up. There's a different meet, right? And then... Connecting those people to then have that support. And it doesn't mean they have to come back to the catch-up, but it means that they're connected and they're supported. And that for me is what lights me up. But the thing is, is for a long time, I was working for other people and burning myself out to try and do that. And it wasn't coming from a genuine spot. It was coming from a place where I wasn't looking after my family. And I wasn't looking after my health because I wanted to give, give, give. But, you know, they say it's very cliche, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. But literally I was pouring from an empty cup and it was really bad for me. But now obviously since I went through a stage where it's like almost like I I had to start giving with logic, like I had to check in first and put myself first um, before I was able to give. And now I'm able to have a, a successful business with a successful community and I'm okay yeah do you know what I mean like yeah it's and it and it flows differently um the energy you attract is different the people that show up to those meets are different so for me yeah it's yeah it was definitely about finding that balance to be able to give but with logic so tell me when so you you started with the mum life stickers because Mm -hmm. there was this
0: need and it seemed to be you know we often start with friends and family that tends to happen. Mm. How did that then grow? Let's start with that before we get to community. How did that side of things in terms of your business, what did you do differently to really ramp that up?
1: Um, well, I guess, you know, when you have that marketing and you have that drive within you, you could sell ice to you know what I mean? Like it, it wouldn't have mattered if I got purple dildos it was it they they would have become successful it's got nothing to do with the product right it's it's it i make that very clear like it's it has nothing to do with the product it is the energy the, the drive that you put into it you know how bad you want it how bad you want to grow something and what your passion is um and for me at the time i had no money and i was like I had money, but I was a single mom. I had a mortgage, like stuff was hard. Like, yeah. and, um, and I still, and some the, my money blockage that I work through now is like that fear of more money not coming. Do you know what I mean? No matter yeah. how much our accounts grow and you know, how secure we are, I still have that single mom fear instilled into me of, you know, having to go down to the Salvos every Tuesday for our groceries, you know, I still have that deep inside me. So it's something that I, I definitely work through, but I didn't have the money to go start a business. So I thought, okay, let's work this out. So people want these stickers. And at the time they were $10. And I, so I found someone, I found two different people. One was in Queensland, one was in Mulgrave in Victoria. And I started getting these orders through. And for the first 12 months of my company, I didn't, I didn't make a sticker. I didn't even know how to make a sticker. Yeah. Uh, you know, most people get a hobby machine and they start making stickers. I never touched a sticker. I wouldn't even know how to do it. Yeah. so every day I'd send her this email and it's funny when I go in my emails to see it and I would have you know say Ashley Smith you know number one Gibson Street and then it would say one times mum life white you know (laughs) and every day I would send it and I would pay five dollars I'd sell for ten I'd keep the five and then you know vice versa and then at you know at 12 months down the track then I got a secondhand cutting machine for a couple of hundred dollars and started doing the biggest stuff. And I never put a cent into my business. I made the money without touching anything first. That's um, a great yeah. place to come from. The fact
0: that you identified very early how you could make your business cash flow work for you. And yeah work to a point where you weren't just continually having to inject cash into the business for it to survive because that wasn't going to be it wasn't going to work for the situation you're in so you mm-hmm. had to find a way to be able to create that mm. self-sustaining cash in your business and you mm. nailed it that's great
1: yeah i think then I, and then i think i saved ten thousand dollars still so this was in my business account so this is i like up got up to ten thousand dollars and then I invested in I think a a new office space a desk a printer because I was just hands-free the whole time you know I was working on a shitty computer you know I was hands hands hands-free like I didn't know anything I had to self teach myself how to make stickers on YouTube it's, it's very different now, obviously, like we have stuff and, you know, and sometimes I still make stickers and um, press clothing and stuff because I actually enjoy, I actually enjoy doing it. It's actually therapeutic. It's like a bit of craft for me. Tell me the evolution. So
0: you were a standalone, you were going it alone, trying to make it really work. The blood, sweat, Mm -hmm. tears. Tell me about when you started to introduce people and you know, obviously you got to a point where you hit the milestone of 10,000 in your business account. You Mm -hmm. identified that you want to have your own office space. You needed different equipment, whether it be a computer or Mm -hmm. cutting machine. When do people get introduced into that scenario?
1: So I started first like dibble-dabbling. So I kind of was like, you know, mums in the area because obviously I had built this community. So I had connected so many mums. So I was dabbling, like I wouldn't commit to someone full-time or anything like that. It'd be like, Oh, can you do five hours or two hours? You know, and, but yeah, I ended up having mums, you know, even one with a pram, you know, come in and, you know, weed stickers for hours on end on my kitchen table. So Mm. it kind of started that way. And then I realized that I still wanted to work from a home space and I didn't always like people around me because I am a little bit introverted and I do like my own space. So I started um, having people work with me um, in different locations. So, you know, they would, you know, even people like one of the ladies that work with me, she does our stickers and sends them out to the customers as us, but she also has her own sticker company, you know. So okay. I started sourcing out our staff yep. by finding stuff people that were already doing the things, but that could also, so I didn't have to have them in my space and they didn't have to, you know, especially they were mums, they didn't have to leave their space, which was no. really one of my core values because I created mum life. So, you know, my firstborn, I went back to work full-time when he was 14 days old. I had a caesarean and I was back in wow. my car, yeah, with him. I was on my own with him for my pregnancy, his birth and all of that. So he came to work with me yeah. um, and he was in a bassinet under my desk at my, the accounting firm. And then I was also working at a baby store and he came with me there and, you know, I would be serving people at a counter and people would still go, oh, I remember you, you were breastfeeding a baby while you were serving me. Um,
0: Multitasking at its best.
1: Yeah. And then he got to about the 14, 15 weeks where I couldn't really do it at the accounting firm and, um, and now having to put him into childcare and I missed all of his milestones. Like the people wouldn't tell me when he was reaching milestones because they didn't want me to me to think that I missed it. So they'd That's let me painful. think yeah. It's painful. They obviously respect
0: the fact that so many mums are forced into that position and, yeah. you know, it's just so hard to hear that you're missing the things that you, you really just want to be there for, but you you have to commit hmm. to other aspects to ensure that the life is the way you want to build your life.
1: Yeah. So I guess for mum life one of, the, one of my core values for it is ensuring that my kids come first and that I can be at wherever the hell I need to be. Um, I can take days off whenever I need to take days off. I can take a week off. I can holiday whenever I want, and the same for people that work with me. I want them to be out. You know, my social media. I have two girls that work full time on my social media. Jesus, I'd be lost without them. And <laughs> and I and I always say to my staff, I say, first of all, your mental health, your kids come first. I don't, don't give a shit about the work. The work can wait.
0: Yeah.
1: And maybe not all bosses will be like that, but for me, it's like it can wait. Like it doesn't matter. Like my core value is our babies come first. Of course. And even with that, because I want them to be able to work at 3 o'clock in the morning if that's when they want to, or 10 o'clock at night when they've got, or you know, whenever they can, on the toilet, wherever they can, I want them to be able to, I want the people working with me to be able to live comfortably and have their babies okay, have them okay. And Um, have
0: that flexibility and opportunity that yep. isn't bestowed upon a lot of parents that need to be around their children.
1: Exactly, exactly, yeah. and um, and that's really important to me. So, yeah, so that's that's where it's at now. Now we've got, you know, we've got a couple of people at different locations, we've got a couple, you know, online, and then, yeah, and then we've got another one printing, you know, printing clothes and sending it from there, and then I dibble-dabble. I've still got all the machinery and stuff, but I spend most of my time doing what I do best, and that's the marketing and the networking. So. Right. And the um, development,
0: I guess. Yeah. There's a lot of business development in all of that.
1: Yeah. And um, we just I have another company now that's one year old that is blown up, which is um, a, our supplement company, our family business. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's in every nutrition warehouse store and online and in AAA and all the stuff, big stuff in the stores across Australia. So that's Amazing. just yeah, that's another thing that I'm, you know, d- dabbling at the moment, you know, running that. So You run that in the same way as you've run Mum Life Stickers? Yeah. Yeah, we, it's it's still our baby. So we're Mm -hmm. still, yeah, probably working a little bit too much in the business ourselves. We'll soon need to outsource. We've got a lot going on. So we're just taking the steps at the moment. But at the moment we're managing, especially we have now, we have a full-time nanny, which means I can work um, during the day because uh, obviously my youngest is one and then I have a seven year old a ten year old and an 11 year old and they're all boys so we, <laughs> handful yeah, yeah so um, now that I have a little bit of help in the home I can work and hopefully you know really build the business up where we can take on more staff and feel comfortable too because obviously when you have a company like when I say you know you're saying about most people can't just start a business from nothing and not put any money into it. And with this other company, we have had to put money into it. Yeah. We have to invest 20K into a new product. You know, we have to have that money there to do it. And that is hard. So where we're at at the moment is we're, in, we're now at the point where we can invest. So we're obviously trying to keep our staff ratio to as minimal as possible until we're ready to, you know, we've well, you got our to, products.
0: You have to look at all the costs, don't you, you know, mm. and look at, I guess, the resources that are available to you, including your own time at this point in time. And given that you've set some foundations by having a nanny, having mm. your other business run really, really well, you can divert some of your attention even if it's not where you want to be long-term, you can definitely mm. divert some of your attention and help keep those costs low so that the development costs with the vitamins and all of that sort of stuff Mm. and the supplements can go to where it needs to go to start the business, I guess, and get Mm. it running and operating the way you want it to operate.
1: And the other thing is with the whole childcare and the thing, like with the nanny, you know, she starts at Mm 1pm. So I'm able to spend the morning with my baby. He goes to sleep and then at three o'clock the kids finish school. Um, And, you know, and then by seven o'clock she finishes. So I can then spend some time at night with the kids. Yeah. So people say, I decide my life and we really do because yeah. we need to get clear on what it is we want, how to make how that looks and figure it out. And, and make what's things, best yeah.
0: for your kids too, you know, yeah. in that whole situation, they need you, they mm. need you around, but you also need to... Have other areas of your life that need to hum along nicely, and it sounds as though you've really put that into perspective, which is really great.
1: You know, you know what? There are some days where you know we're just exhausted and we feel like there's no balance. But you know, that's when we really get you know we've got to structure things and we've got to figure things out. Like Mark and I were talking this morning, you know, because we are pretty much like business partners as well as soulmates, and we, we, yeah. you know, we we really need more time together. I'm like, well, you know, we need to, you know, we need to structure this. Like, let's get the calendar out. You know, because he's he's an artist. He travels around the globe and he yeah. he paints full time. You know, so he's we're trying to work out how to, for him to do that and to have this and it's just structure. Like we we're trying to find these gaps in the day where we can sit and just be present with each other. And as silly as that sounds, we no, have to not do at that. all, not at all. I think even I know whilst we have
0: our children and we have to devote so much time to them, we need a moment. Mm to be that with our partners too. I think it's so important, you know, to not just be defined as a mum or to not just be defined as a businesswoman or to not just be defined as a partner. We need to be able to service all those areas of our lives in a Mm. way that fills us up too you you have a partner that you're in business with as well and it is a partnership whether whether you actually run physically run the businesses or not it's a partnership Mm. to be able to get that structure right so that you both can have that abundance of everything whether it be time money space you
1: need them and and you know mark said you know we said to me you know but you know this is normal you know people like the kids i said "Uh uh-uh no, that's a story. Um, and, I, and I said to him, I said, you and I, we've both had marriages break down. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is our second marriage for both of us. And, like, we are both conscious enough to know that that's a lot of shit. Yeah. and we, But, you know, if, if it's a half an hour you turn the TV off and sit and stare at each other, you know, whatever, like, there is a way if you want to make that space and time like lots of people oh we don't have time together because we're the kids and stuff it's like okay so let's look at the let's look at the diary let's look at the week where can we fit that in and that's really important because I was saying no 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 like let's do it so we you know we sat down today and at the moment if he's gonna be working nights you know there's a gap between one and three I'm like well we've got the nanny there let's go down to the local cafe let's sit down let's take our journals let's talk let's connect let's cuddle that's what we're gonna do you know or it's something that is needs to be balanced because, yeah. you know, we are each other's fuel. We are each other's, um, you know, we fill each other's cup up and yeah. that's important. Yeah, so, and I think
0: yeah. I think structure, you know, as much as it sounds corny and you don't mm. want to necessarily live by, a, okay, it's between 1 and 3 now and we need to do this, have this moment, mm. Sometimes life is like that and and that's the reality of it, but it's also the fun of it too, you know, to be able to mm. sneak away and be able to say, This is our time and know that it's coming, you know, those butterflies, that that whole mm. time of being able to to just spend and and fill your cup up so that you can come back and give everything else that you've got to whatever else is going on in your world.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it is, and that's where and I'm not just gonna accept that. You know, we're not going to accept that it's just we're sort of too busy. We've got stuff going on. It's like we're important too, you know. Mm. So that's the process that we're, you know, obviously going through at the moment to, you know, nurture our our marriage as well. So yeah, it's the same and sort you, of thing. Do your kids respond well to that? Do they respond well to that balance? We say this balance, but it's often it like we are human, and it often oh, of is it, it falls it, yeah, <laughs> and like we often find ourselves out of balance more than in balance. Yeah. But yeah, you can always tell. You can always tell because the kids, you know, they start acting up. We do have two with really special needs, so they, you know, they turn it up even more, you know, they <laughs> they let us know. But yeah, definitely. When we're not like Mike and I both have um harmony written across our necks. Yes. Um and it's those moments when in all the chaos we feel that harmony together. And that harmony is what we live for, that harmony of, you know, together and what we feel with our family. So for us, yeah, the kids really thrive when we feel that harmony and that's what we're, you know, instead of just pushing shit uphill and, you know, I feel that this happens in so many marriages, people just push shit uphill and then they get resentful because they don't feel appreciated and then they're, you know, they're tired and then they, you know, throw the towel in, yeah, you know, but because then, it's all too hard.
0: But then the to point where the kids leave and they don't know how to reconnect after that moment. So yeah. it's so good to be able to take that time in between to be able to have that connection so that mm. you're there at the end of it and you're there strong at the end of it. I think that's that's definitely important.
1: Yeah, and I, I definitely think like as much as like, you know, having a blended family is really tricky and there's lots of co-parenting involved and all of that, like if we hadn't have had that experience of being with another person and seeing how things didn't work both for both of us, like not just because of you know our ex partners, like the responsibility and the role that we played, you know, to be able to learn from the things that we did in our own, like take responsibility and be able to nurture that into our now relationship is really important As I sure as hell know like no if I like the stuff that I know now is amazing. Like you yeah, can could, very valuable. Yeah, like it could really help us.
0: And you tend to get, I think you tend to get to a no bullshit kind of moment where you kind of go, I know what I need and I know what I want. And mm. I found that now, you know, I kind of get that going around mm. it the second time. Um, oh,
1: I don't think I knew. I think I ran from it for about a year. Oh, did you? Um, yeah, I was <laughs> petrified of it. I don't think I knew what I, I don't think I knew what I needed, but I think Mark saw it and, you know, he copped a lot. He copped a lot. And he just stood in it all and just said, you know, I'm not going anywhere. And yeah. I didn't, don't even think I knew who I was and what I needed. You know, in my bows, I wrote, you know, you loved me at a time that I couldn't love myself. And yeah. um, we just recently got married in February and it was so true because, you know, he taught me how to play. Like I never mm-hmm. played. I was always, you know, business, business, business. Um, and I never understood, you know, half of myself. So being with him as much as I want to kill him at the moment um, you know, <laughs> has taught me more than I'll ever know. And then giving birth to our son a year ago, even having this little man come into our life, it's, it's taught me so much. Yeah. It's taught me so much. So, yeah, definitely, definitely you figure out what feels good for you yeah. um, and you look back and you reflect and you learn so much so yeah I'm in a different very different place now
0: I was gonna say that would have been a hard lesson coming from this whole focus you know career driven from such an early age and Mm -hmm. knowing exactly what you wanted which is what I'm assuming you left school early because you just were after that climb that (sighs)
1: challenge I did I really struggled in school yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't supported. My parents separated. I was living with my mum and I, yeah, it was, it wasn't a, a good thing for me. I wasn't really given much direction. Okay. Um, I got into drugs and I got into sh- street. And then I had um, a family friend actually say, say to me, come on, Renee. And he took me to this interview for this business traineeship. Yep. And I guess that's where my passion came back and I kind of found I could have gone either way. You know, oh, okay. I was, yeah, I could have gone either way. And then, yeah, and I, I was lucky enough that I got into this position where, and I was, yeah. And to I have was, that
0: support around you to be able to pull you out of that and into yeah. where you needed to go.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was definitely a big thing for me. Like I I learned, I, I, I could have gone either way and I was able to get into a position where I was able to, yeah get that Find you know buy a house you know i was living in mm-hmm. share accommodation for three or four years yeah. and then i you know brought my house so i was in there you know three months later i fell pregnant mm-hmm. um and luckily i was able to bring my son into a, uh into a home in into many things that i never had what a great so,
0: milestone at such a young age to be able to get that behind you you know yeah have that security
1: yeah was that i actually, you were
0: always taught about, like I talked about this recently to someone how, you know, I, I watch young entrepreneurs today and young kids today, and they've got this drive and hunger to put everything they've got say it's money into building businesses or to to traveling or whatever it might be but when I was growing up certainly I'm a lot older than you are right now but you know when I was growing up you know it was all I was always taught to the house was going to be the security once you owned yeah. the house then the good things would come were you ever taught that is that why you were driven to buy a house or was it from your experiences more so yes. No, I,
1: I think it was my need for security. Yeah. My dream was to be in a home where I like I I moved around my whole life. I have I I, I went to five high schools and I left halfway through year eight. So mm. like it was constantly moving. There was no no real stability for me. You know, I lived all over Gippsland, all over Victoria, and I really, really wanted that. Like my my mom always told me, like oh, buy a first house, you know, really good idea. I was obviously influenced in that way, but mm-hmm. my my craving, my drive was for security. Yeah. Um, because I felt so unsafe and so unsettled, and I just needed to be at home. I needed, my, like, the little girl in me needed to be secure. So mm-hmm. I guess that's why the decision. And it was also for validation. Like I, I think I really screamed for validation. So it was kind of, I think it was an ego thing to, for me to buy my house mm-hmm. as well because I wanted to, you know, show people that I was worthy. Do you so, still yeah. find that you
0: crave that validation running two businesses or even in the community that you've built?
1: So about three or four years ago, maybe three years ago. So I used to like, if like I used to, now I just don't give a crap. Like, yeah. I literally don't give a crap. Like, I used to donate, run, fundraise for everything possible. And I worked with a coach who literally tore me a new asshole. Like, yeah. literally. I can't believe how many times, so literally, but she, it all came out, and I had been screaming for validation so badly, and I was so badly wanting to do everything. So people thought, oh, my old name, Renee Gip, oh, you know, Renee Gip, so nice. Oh, she does this, she does that, she runs this, she does this. But like even now, when I do charity work or I do fundraising, you know, I do it with logic as well. I make sure my my business is secure. My business is put first. Like in a way, it's all the costs are covered. I ended up renting my house out, pulling my kids out of where they were, selling, putting literally everything I owned on the nature strip, and I ended up moving from the sea, renting my house out and moving to where I live now, um, which oh. is up in Hurstbridge, um, and I literally cut, cut out everything. I just... I didn't give a crap about anyone's validation. I didn't want any interviews. I didn't want media. Even now when I get asked for media stuff, I don't want it because it's a load of crap and they put things out that aren't real. Like I was all over, I had a series on Women's Weekly and all that and the story wasn't even real. It was not even anywhere close to my values or who I was. It was just everything was changed and now it's kind of like the only reason I do things is because... It feels good for me. Yeah. Like I literally I've all like I lost so much, so many people around me. I pretty much lost everyone. But it was because I finally decided to do what, what was right for me. Mark is also 16 years older than me. And you know, there were people in my life didn't approve of how much older than he was with me, which is stupid because no one even notices. Um, I was going to say, when you get to a certain age, that sort of stuff disappears. Yeah, slowly, but no, it's the most stupid thing. Of, yeah, <laughs> it was so stupid. Um, I had been, your mother moved you around your whole life. You know, you don't want to pull your kids out of school and up, unsettle them and make them unstable. But I, I wanted to be up here in, in nature and mm-hmm. I wanted to not work for three people. And I decided one day I literally had like this midlife crisis, but not a midlife crisis, and cut everything out because I just I didn't care about the validation anymore I knew that just being was enough
0: was successful enough it was just
1: enough and I guess now for you know, mum life, you know, I do it because that way, like obviously I do have a big family that, ne- that we need to support. So I, and I'm really lucky, like some I could work three, four hours a day and whenever I need to, yeah. I could take a week off and I do that because of the flexibility. And obviously the supplement company was Mark's, mm-hmm. uh, is Mark's, or well, ours, but um, it was his, something he really wanted to do and it's something that obviously a, a dream of his that we nurture uh, together as we do for mum life. So now it's really just bringing in money and income, but we do it on our own terms. It's it's more so for supporting our family and showing our babies that they don't need to work for anyone. Like they can create their own money in the world that's a
0: great foundation to give your kids to to yeah. drive them to do what they want to do, do what they love primarily
1: yeah. and know that
0: they can create that into whatever they need to create it into. There's still yeah. hard work and there's still unapologetically we still need to make money like you said. It's you know, whilst we're yeah. driven by passion and we're driven by purpose and you know all of that takes us to where we are today. There's still yeah. Bills need to be paid. That doesn't go away. So you know, you. It sounds as though you've structured both of those elements very clearly into your world to a point Mm. where you can choose how you're going to run your businesses.
1: Mm. Yeah, I I would never work for someone. I couldn't even fathom doing that. I like even if it was like four or five hundred dollars a day, I could. I just couldn't do it. I, I just, I,
0: I feel this, you know, I've, I've been out on my own now for 10 years, having been in the corporate space and accounting yeah. and that's the way it is. And I love, I love every part of that corporate component because it gave me what I can do now. And that's what I'm driven by. Mm. And that's my passion and purpose. But I kind of, I kind of feel the same as you. I think, what do you mean I'd have to get into work by eight o'clock and sit at a desk and it just doesn't it doesn't fit with with my drive and passion anymore to to be in that space. So and have no, having flexibility and, to
1: create that. And life. even like when people I don't know what the going award rate is. I haven't worked for someone for a very long time, but even if I was paid like $35 an hour, okay, and I did eight hours, like what the hell? I'm not getting doing that. <laughs> Yeah. Like, but that is the is norm and it, it is the norm, it, it is the you've, norm.
0: Learned, you've learned a different earning potential and you, I guess you're you're flavored by that now you know what I mean like there's all of a sudden there's this this knowledge that a lot of people don't when they're in that when they're in that space where they're just working for someone and that's all they've ever known mm. they don't know the knowledge that comes with the hard work which it certainly is it's not a walk in the park mm. but but that freedom and knowledge that uh, you now have that flexibility to demand. So exactly.
1: And, and I don't think like there still isn't a day that goes by like, you know, we all, you know, like I, I have Shopify and stuff and, you know, I'll look and I'll get one sale that would have been a day's wage for me. And it's kind of like, you know, first thing in the morning and it's kind of like, well, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, I'm, <laughs> done for the, I'm done for the day. But the thing, if I could, obviously there are costs and all that kind of, of stuff, course. but it's kind of like there is. There is like it's, it. It there is that possibility to do that, and I, I just I couldn't, I couldn't work. For, I don't know. I just couldn't work for someone. I getting up now. Nah. it just it's it's. it's, it's <laughs> I'm right there with you. I am, I can't even imagine it. it. It doesn't even it doesn't even make which is the norm. But you know, like yeah. it doesn't doesn't make sense to me. You well, know, it feels I just like
0: you've got the right foundations now to to be in the space mm. you want to be for the rest of your life, which is great. Yeah. What's, what's next? Yeah. To, what's next for you? Mm, well
1: I see my life as a pantry right and like mm-hmm. I see that there's there's stuff put in and then there's different spaces yes. and I guess for me is the next thing for me is really um, enjoying those spaces now so oh, whether that, that yeah yeah I love that that's really fantastic Yeah. So instead of trying to jam it in and, you know, especially when we all have our own healings and shit going on, you know, problem with family, stresses that you have, sometimes you can jam that pantry up with stuff and become busy and so distracted that you never get to work and dig into that stuff. So Mm -hmm. when I say that space, like that space for me to do the things that I want to do, you know, at the moment I'm reading a very well-known book, always hey, you know, you can heal your life and, you know, space to do that or space to go and sit at the cafe and stare at the wall or space to go for a walk or do what the hell I want Um, so for me it's about really um, the next thing for me is about being bloody really grateful for where I am yep um, the space that I have and learning to go even slower yeah that would definitely be the next thing for me because I have gone fast and I have done the work and now it's just obviously about you know, really, yeah, enjoying that space in the in the pantry, you know, in between the badness. And, and I, I honestly trust now, like it's like I literally trust that money will always come, like it always comes. It's, it's great
0: awesome. to hear you say that given that just moments ago you were using terms like fear when it came to mm. money and it's a horrible place to be in. And so many business owners and single mums and even families go through that fear so often that they can't, Get themselves out of it, but it's great to see that you're on the other end of all of that where that fear no longer, is-
1: yeah. I, I haven't got to the point of um, I'm still working with one thing. Like at the moment, um, I'm thinking of upgrading my car, mm-hmm. and like I, I don't really know where it's coming from, but like I have a beautiful car now in 2005 model, so it's not young, mm-hmm. but it's you know, it's a four drive, eight seater, it looks looks great yeah. but you know i think to myself oh i'd really like a new car and you know i've, I've just sold a property so i thought well maybe i'll go buy myself like i'll upgrade and then i look at the price of it and i think the toyota you know toyota that i'd upgrade to is about 100 grand I'm Thinking yeah. the things that i could do for 100, 100 grand, grand. <laughs> like I, I, i'm like just spend it on a car that gets me from a to b like maybe it's just my value isn't in vehicles i don't know but i'm thinking you know and especially with all the people that i could help with that money you know to for a car like (laughs) i don't don't know i don't know if it's a single mum kind of thing still there or but yeah i just i like i don't want to spend 100 grand like that seems stupid to
0: me you know what i mean but i guess it still creeps in like you said that those moments where you kind of go, it'd be nice to really have something nice like that, but yeah, hundred grand. Wow. What I could do with that regardless of yeah. how much money you're in your bank account. It's
1: what I, yeah, it's just like, that. I don't want to let the that value. go. Like I yeah. just said, I don't want to you know, see a hundred grand go for a, a car. A like, car.
0: Yeah, you I'm know, so you. I still,
1: I still like, as much as I know the money will come, I'm still logic like that. Like I still have that, you know, I could leave 100 grand for my kids, like, yeah. or, you know, for my, my, like, obviously working for yourself, I've, I've paid sweet FL F.O. super yeah. because, like, if you just you don't think of that sort of stuff. So obviously, you know, like that could be my super when I decide to retire, but then I'm like, we're still going to be balling when we're, you know, we'll, we'll be like, we'll be like grandparents, we'll be like with our high chairs, like our Shopify still going off, you know. Well, it but- sounds as though you've got the
0: foundations right for that to be your future. Like, yeah, you know, when you've got these businesses humming along nicely in the background, and you know, you've done the hard yards, you've put in the right systems in place, the people in place, the community in place. Mm. Yeah, of course you're gonna be. Yes. Long and then after got,
1: you're supposed to be. And then we've got our kids already, like they're already stuck. Like Jet tried to hustle me five bucks to have a nap <laughs> the other day. Um, you know, and, and Jai, like he goes, How much how much does our housekeeper get paid? I said, Oh $30 now? $30 now? You pay me eight bucks now to work for you. I'm like, mate, <laughs> mate. There's the hustle. Look at what oh, yeah, you've I done know, to yeah. your children. There's the hustle early. And he, yeah, he's just like, like he sees our Shopify go off and like, you know, one of our tubs of our formula mm. is $120. He goes, you've made 100 dollars uh, Since I've been home from school, that thing has gone <laughs> off three times and you pay me eight bucks an hour. Like, I'm like, that's my boy. <laughs> It's fantastic
0: that he's even computing that, and
1: that, oh, yeah. that is fantastic. Oh, he's yeah. gonna go places, mate. He's so going places. Yeah. At the moment, he—he's his dream car. He wants a Lamborghini. So on on his birthday, Mark took him to the Lamborghini store and, um, and showed him it and let him sit and drive, go for a drive and do all that stuff because yeah. we truly want them to know that. But he's like, oh, I want a Lamborghini, but it's a bit expensive because he's got my single, because I was on my own with him, yeah. he's got my struggled mindset because that's what I installed into him. Yeah. Um, but my second son who, you know, doesn't, he's like, he'll go and say, my mum's rich. Like he'll tell his friends, my mum's rich. Like, and 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 Jet will say, like, because uh, I, I have had to install it into a Jai, like oh, he'll go to the shop and he'll put something back. Yeah. And he'll, you know, I brought him some clothes the other day and, you know, he goes, "Here, mum like, I'll, I'll put some back so you can get something. I'm like, maybe we will always have plenty because he had, he's had to be at the Salvos with me. Yeah. You know, he's had to see us go without and he wasn't stupid like he figured it out that we were struggling um but for me like it's like no baby we will always have enough yeah and for me that like when I have my cold shop and I still every week get colds gets delivered I feel like a billionaire when I put my my pantry in because I used to walk around with my calculator making sure that I didn't go over a hundred dollars because that's all I had sometimes fifty dollars yeah you know, and not having to put things back. So I'm installing into my babies that, yeah, if you want this bloody Lamborghini, let's get this Lamborghini. Like, yeah. even though I'm like, oh, that's a house right there. But, that, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> um, I'm trying not to install that into him because I, because I want him to, you know, he wants a Lamborghini. Stars. Yeah, if you have want it if you, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm like, he's like, oh, I might get a Ferrari because that's not expensive. And my baby, you can have it all. Go like, for what you want. Yep, yeah. Yeah. So totally I'm hoping agree. that I can brainwash them enough yeah. so by the time that they're older that that's just their belief system yeah. there is no they're just that's any no really different yeah. yeah so that's that's a plan in action and it's cool like it yeah. is really really cool and this kid like he has more saved than me like he he <laughs> goes to my he goes to my father's on school holidays and will work like a dog in his panel shop and he's got that work ethic he's gonna this is one there's he's my 10 year old um, and then my eldest, he's high functioning autistic, so I reckon he's going to create something incredible. And it's just like, yeah, he's got. They've all got the different. Yeah. Different different things. Yeah. Yep. So it's oh,
0: cool. It's it's really cool. You've, you you know, I talk about foundations in terms of your business, but you've certainly laid the right mindset foundations for your kids. Everything from money to working hard to having everything you actually want, and I think. Mm-hmm yeah that's success wrapped up in a bow right there you know and
1: i always say to him you do what feels good not even my like whatever my thoughts are they're not yours mate no. like you know he says what do you think i'm oh, i go i go tell tell me what feels good like mm. what what feels good and like you know even he walks into a dentist to get his toothpicks the other day and he said to mark he goes it doesn't feel like he goes i feel like i'm better than the better than this environment like i'm better than better than them but i'm not being like rude like i feel like i'm better than them and he was trying to explain that this dodgy press place in preston that we that we because we needed emergency dental work didn't feel good and it ended up being shitty reviews and really terrible place to go and like Mm. and he and mark trusted his intuition and he took him out of there and they went to a different dentist because we're trusting him on his intuition He, he hasn't quite figured it out but he's saying i feel like i'm better than them like he felt like that he He didn't feel comfortable. He didn't feel, you know. And we went to a beautiful dentist down in Frankston who looked after him, nurtured him, stuck his front teeth back on, and looked after him. And he he was like, "This place feels good. Like he gets it
0: better. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. He gets it. He does get it. He's he's you know. And the others, you know, are are starting are starting to get it. And like even my eldest, when we we interviewed Nenny he grabbed his laptop and he walked off and it wasn't until four or five days later we didn't know i'm going with that one but he goes i didn't i didn't i didn't get a good feeling when i was there so that's, that's why i took my laptop into my room so there i'm like oh, okay buddy like what what were you feeling like we want them to voice and guide themselves we don't want you know, they say they ask us, "Is God real?" and and you know, and it, for us, for religion and stuff like that, or anything, uh, we'll, we'll say to them, "What feels good for feels you?" Good for you, yeah. You know, whatever you want to believe in, they're just thoughts. Like you, you tell us. Yeah. You know, because they going to so- guide
0: you in your life. That's what will
1: guide them. Mm. And I don't because I don't I don't want them having to unpack their belief system and you know that at 30 and feeling like, oh, these are all things I've been taught to believe. Yeah. Like I'd rather them to be already just feeling what, what feels right for them.
0: It sounds as though you've got them doing that anyway. And yeah. that's awesome. That is so yeah. awesome. They're gonna start yeah. right.
1: Good for you. Yeah, no. Yeah. So um yeah, actually, you know, you feel like you're failing your kids until you actually talk about it and I feel like we are doing all right we are yeah you are yeah, yeah you
0: are and I love that notion of taking him to the to the Lamborghini dealership and going yeah this is it this is real this is it's not just a fantasy you can have all of this it's, it's right yeah you. I think that's really great
1: the only time that we were really taught that that was it was too much or that wasn't enough it, you know was from noise mm. it, it wasn't because we didn't come out like that no We didn't come out and be like, oh, no, that's too much. I can't do that. Oh, I won't be able to do that. Like that's all just noise. So, for freedom of choice. that's Exactly. Right
0: from its purest moment, we're born with freedom of choice. It's that noise, like you
1: say, that changes that direction. Exactly. And I'm conscious enough, Mark's conscious enough to not you know, like don't get me wrong, like we give them guidance on stuff like, for example, you know, nutrition and all that kind of stuff, which we hope that that will carry carry them on because that's stuff that, you know, we want them to be healthy and stuff yeah. like that. Well, that's education, um, isn't it? It's part of that yeah. whole just educating them on
0: certain areas. They will do with that information what they want, mm. um, just like when they're watching you guys work or watching you guys parent. They'll do with that information what they want to do at the mm. end of the day. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. instilling them what you can.
1: Yeah, they're, they're definitely all clicking on and they definitely see more than... And one of my other favourite things is that, you know, so, you know, men are supposed to, you know, go, go get a trade and all that kind of stuff. And then we have, you know, Mark who... Um, even obviously before we started Axel, has been a full-time artist for a very, very long time. Yeah. And most people, you know, he, that's his, his, his gift and his legacy, you know, and he's been teaching four little boys that they don't have to be manly, you know, like, you know and get a trade. They can go and paint and travel around the world with a spray can painting massive murals if that's what lights them up yeah. and that's what their gift is. You know, and we have, so we've got like, we've got both of us kind of living by example with not only, you know, having everything you want, but also what feels good and what your passion is as well. So, you know, like that's what I said, you know, if you want to, you know, go be a doctor or you want to do that and that's your passion. You know, you might not be selling hair extensions and bowling, but you might, you, know, you might have the same wage, but if that is what lights you up, then you bloody go do it. Like yeah. they can go work with someone as long as they're doing it from a place of, of what feels good for them. And that's what we'll always teach them to, go, to be guided by.
0: Yeah. yeah. I love just listening to you even deliver that information because you can tell how passionate you are about every aspect of your life from your mm. relationship with your partner to the relationship with your kids to your work life to your the pantry and the the space in the pantry that you're so excited about pursuing. I think it's it's beautiful. It's been great really <laughs> listening to you. I
1: love it. I love it. Yeah we're definitely breaking the cycles and yeah. we're definitely breaking the way of how things are meant to be done or I call it the should train. And that shit excites me. Yeah. Yeah, so it
0: sounds like you've had so much excitement in your world in such positive ways in terms of all the different transitions that you've been to, been through, mm. to get to this point where you kind of go, now I can pick and choose exactly mm. the way it is, and that's awesome. And you've got mm. such an amazing community. I'm a part of it. Like I absolutely love it. Uh, you feel supported. Being in business is hard on your own. Being a mum can be difficult, even if you do have the support of partners. It's such a great community and it's it's great that it's there and mm. all because of you and because of your drive and passion and I think that's it's commendable.
1: Mm, thank you. I appreciate that. I am. And, yeah, definitely another thing, so you know, really acknowledging the things that I've done. And this week is a big week because I'm actually letting go of my first ever property that I brought and um and the, you know the one that I brought for two hundred fifty thousand dollars back when I was eighteen. So, you know, it's, it's It's a huge. massive milestone. The settlement's on Friday, and I'm I'm just like it's a huge thing. Like I've sat by that house. It's an hour away from here, and I've sat by that house and cried a few <laughs> times already. Um, because yeah. it's a it's a lot of an identity and um yeah. you know letting things go because you always want to say oh yeah I own a house down here I own a house here and it's you know it's a, it's an ego validation thing. And that house really was because I would you know tell anyone that would listen that I've got a house you know down near the beach or whatever you know and letting that go is stripping back and just being so that's another layer of just being for me so well
0: congratulations on that milestone that's huge to have gone through it to be there right now and Mm. to and be proud of what it is we've come from to where you are now
1: yeah so it's good and it's nice when i get to have this time to do podcasts like this to be able to reflect because you know you're busy baby screaming you know feeding breastfeeding or you know go 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 and then you have this time to reflect so i really appreciate you having me on here oh, and giving me that time I'm to reflect So
0: excited when you reached out like so, yeah so excited it's been yeah. a pleasure spending thank time you. With you thank you so much for your time i know how busy you are but thank, thank you, you so much thank you And that's it guys for another episode of the boring shit you need to know about business. I'm Amy
1: Pachata and I'll see you next time.